Oh wait, here. Pretend. Pretend coffee. Uh, Pretend coffee with you. We're so thirsty. We drink some of that. Okay, so let's check out the comments. We're going live. I think we're live. Oh, we are live. We are live. We're yes. Twenty-two seconds. Hi, y'all. Is that what you say in Tennessee? Hi, y'all. Y'all. Welcome, y'all. Welcome. We are at SEMA 2022 live. This is our first live, and I can't even believe it. I came back from taking all this video of all these just amazing lifted trucks and cars, and it's just enough to pull you over. It's too much, but um, I am so happy because I got back to the booth, and there you were. Mark Stoner. Hey, guys. Mark Stoner owns Borotech in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Tennessee. That's right. Powder Coating. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And you're no slouch. You, you have your own powder, uh, podcast. I do. Tell me about it. Uh, I started in the industry, in the chimney industry, and I have a podcast called Blue Collar Gold. I guess I'm, I'm big into blue collar work. love blue collar work. I have some blue collar service industries, metal fabrication. And so I started a fabricate podcast, and I wrote a book also it's on Amazon about how to build your service business. That's, That's awesome. About, yeah. Oh, oh, cool. I have a, I have an ebook too. Yeah, what is it? It's um, for consumers to know how to get their rims done, powder coated. Nice. So I, it's, you know, 30 feet. It's not very cheap. Right. It's probably not as extensive as yours. But hey, I'm on Amazon. Yeah, mine's not super extensive. It's a pretty easy read. I'm not an author by any means, but I just had some information I thought could help people. And uh, it's, it's a good book. It's good. It's good read. It's good to challenge yourself to do things. And I, before we hopped on, I was like, this is our first live. Uh, we did a pre-recording with Valerie that I posted earlier to my Facebook page. But um, I was really challenged to go live because it's not on a podcast, because it's not something that uh, very many people, you know, in podcasting can do unless you know how to go about doing it. There's a lot of little technical things that you have to yeah. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time I stick to just the zooms. You know what I mean? Because it's just easy. But I just hooked up with this stream yard and you're already on it. And I, I like it. it. I, I like it. it. And it's cheaper. It's gonna be in the end, it's gonna be cheaper than the Zoom. Right. And I've got way more features. So uh I may not I wanna start doing lives. I did I have done some lives. Uh one of the first ones I did was do you know Reno from Armor? He's in Tennessee too. I don't know where. Knoxville, maybe? I don't know. Um, I love Tennessee. My brother just moved there. And uh, when I went to the uh, powder coating week in Orlando, I flew up into to see him because I'd never seen his new house. And it is, I'm impressed. Yeah. So, I like Hawaii though too. Uh, <laughs> we just went to, we'll just, to, I have a chunk of business as well. So we oh, went dude? to the Maui uh, plantation there. It's only 
the cow. The cow, cow people. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, we love it there Did too. you like the tour there? Of Everybody course. raves about the it. The tasting is in a treehouse. Uh, you go up into a treehouse. Oh, okay. And it's right there on the plantation. So. Okay. I didn't yeah. know they, I knew they had their factory yep. was in Lahaina Town yep. and you can walk through the factory and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're going to have, next time you come, you're going to have, you already have your Maui Powder Works hat. I got my Maui Powder. I'm, I'm representing. You're representing. Yes. Of course, when you come for a live interview, you can get a sticker and Maui Powder Works hat and make new friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, so, we met like five minutes ago. So <laughs> we're, we're old friends. <laughs> and I'm already telling you to get on the powdercoatingnearme.com website. I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> for free. I'm, you know, I'm brand new in the industry overall. I bought an existing business, but I... So I'm, I'm yeah. here to learn. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to know. Obviously. <laughs> and I, I think that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast is, you know, just for myself, right? I don't do the actual powder coating. Um, my husband does all of that. Um, and we've trained other people to do it as well. But, you know, I was in finishing and uh, furniture refinishing and, and uh, did a lot of paint coatings and stuff on furniture. So, I mean, I'm not... I know enough, right? Yeah. And know enough to be dangerous, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. more on the business side. You know, yeah. I'm my powder coat manager is 10 to 11, and so is his assistant. So we run kind of a 10 person kind of factory. Yeah. And I'm more on the business side and understanding how to promote it, how to make a better product, how to scale it. And uh, they are the ones actually doing that. Yeah, right. I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. And how do you, how, how do you scale a powder coating? company. I mean, that's uh, a, not an easy thing to do. I'm, in, in some sense, it is if you have the right accounts, right? You know, but how are you doing? Well, I'll tell you how we stepped into it and then how we scaled it. We, I was in the metal fabrication business and I had a certain part that we always had to have someone else. And then when we had so much of it, we're like, well, we need to do well, when we did that, we got some good replacements. Like, well, instead of buying how to go to phone, I want to buy my factory. <laughs> so that was a big jump for me. But in that, when we walked into the powder gun operation, I could immediately see places where they were. They needed help, and they just had production wow. issues. And one of it was the, the owner was way too involved in all the powder guns. And yeah. it's because he had to have part of, he had to do all of the work. And for me as a business owner, I know that's always, you cannot scale if the business owner is doing all You have to step back from it and let others do it, which is always hard. They mess it up. They aren't as good as the owner. But you will never, you will never scale a business if you are doing all this. You just can't. Because you just can't put too much on you. And then also the business isn't worth as much when you go to sell it if the owner can keep own it in the business. Did you hear that, Ross Scott? That's my husband. Okay. I'm not in marriage, Kathleen. I just, I just know how to grow a business. You are now. Yeah, right. You had no idea what you were walking into. Yeah, no. no, it's so true. And I keep harping on Ross about it. And it can be kind of a point of contention between us, you know, as husband and wife. But, you know. It's always a step backwards, right? So you're like, 
can I afford to have somebody do it? That's I'm faster. Secondly, can I afford to pay for mistakes from some aspects you're kind of bad? But also, it's like teaching you how to tie your shoes, right? If you never teach your kid how to tie shoes and you're always tying the shoes for the kid, yeah, you'll always, it'll be quicker to do it yourself and tie the shoes for the kid and then you leave. But then the kid will never learn how to do it. And you can, you'll always, how, how many times you got to spend five minutes tying your shoes? Yep. And so for me, when I teach powder coating, it's overall a simple process. And for us, if we teach people how to do it, then we've built a time asset in people. Like, even if it only 60% as good as me, I've got 60% of my time back. Yeah. Right? I might have to have 40% of the time first and then 30%, 20%. Like, you're building a time asset in people. And it's hard because they can leave, start their own business, all that stuff. True. But you will never get away from it. I came from a family of multiple small businesses. And whenever somebody got sick, hurt, anything happened to the owner, the business collapsed. I'd say it like it's like building a business. It's great. It's easy. But if something happens, you might have a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, you. everything you're saying is just like clicking with me because, you know, um, we're actually trying to launch a business within a business. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've been kind of on the shy side about talking about it out loud to people, especially our audience at the Powder Coder Podcast because... Um, it's hard to launch a business within a business when you're already kind of tapped out on hats or wearing and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we have this concept. It's called Patina Powder Coat. You can Google it if you want. Uh, we can talk after and stuff. But, um, you know, we think we have something that's very unique and very different in the powder coating world. And that's what I get excited about is being able to um, think outside the box. I think that that's what, you know, powder coaters can be very agile. They can go from industrial coating to small tank, you know, our parts and automotive rims and stuff like that. And that flexibility actually lends them this ability or skill set that is so unique compared to some of these line coders and stuff like that, you know? To that point, I think it's also the thing that will keep you back because you become an expert technician and not an expert business person. So you can be an expert powder coder, expert technician, anything. But the problem is you like being an expert and you don't like not being an expert. So then when you jump into the business side of it, the marketing, the numbers, the, the scaling, the people, the management of people, you're like, I don't like that so much. Tell us like how to cook my thing and being done or whatever. And that is the holdup with a lot of scaling. It's your thought process. So for me, I actually personally don't want to be a great powder cutter. I want to run a great powder cutting business. Right. There's a difference. Well, let's figure out how that how you do that. When are you writing that? You know. <laughs> I'll let you know when I figure that out. Okay, good. I'm working on it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of what we're exploring on the podcast for us, you know, specifically powder coating. Um, and I think that that, you know, needs to be explored and exploited, you know, because we're not getting it from the greater industry. We're not. Um, I've already gone down that road. Um, we're a member of PCI. I've talked to them and their understanding of what our problems are not, or who we think we are is different than what they think we are. You know what I mean? Well, it's like anything. You have to learn. You have to 
be uncomfortable learning something new and doing something different. And a lot of people don't like to be uncomfortable. So scaling a business is uncomfortable all the way through. And then, because you know, in my shop, um, one of Powder X comes in and does classes inside my shop and brings new people in all the time. Now, a quick example of Sky came to me, and a lot of people realize I own the business because I was in the classes too, because listening. And he, he came to me, oh, you own the business? Well, where do you get these chemicals and where do you get these things? I said, I, said, I have people that get them. I just have to make sure they, I don't ever want to know all those details myself. Um, and that may sound weird, but it keeps me being able to run the business without doing things. Right. And then that's good for all my managers. Because they know I'm, I'm doing, I'm staying in my lane. If I get in there and get in everybody's lane, it's a problem because nobody then can take the lead. So I have managers and assistants that take ownership and they feel like it's their own business, and that's exciting. Yeah. Um, how many people did you say you employ, and how big is your facility? The, Specifically, the powder coating has about 10 employees. Um, it's about 25,000 square feet. So the inside that, I have a small metal fabrication, and there's uh, eight employees in there, too. We just took on an assembly line. It's getting ready to move in. It's, about, it's, it's powder coating drinkware. Okay. A pretty major player in the industry. And so you've got an assembly line system that is... That's going to bring in 11 more people on that. That just happened this week for us. We just they came to us with a request for proposal, and we didn't have the equipment or anything to do. Well, I tell you, don't say no too quick. You're not ready. Ask them to work with you, and that's what happened with this deal with us. We're like, we don't have all this stuff. They're like, well, let us help you get it because we need you. They needed us as bad as we needed them. So we opened that conversation all of a sudden it turned into a really good deal for both parties. That's awesome. It sounds like, you know, when you're scaling and you've got, you, you know, you maybe you started in your garage or in a small shop, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is space um it's a it's a it's a high commodity we're at right and um we're really i don't want to say we're regretting it but at the time it sounded like a really good idea because when we moved there it was 2020 and our whole island was shut down our whole state was shut down and so like we we wanted to make sure that um the picture fit the frame in terms of you know the size it wasn't the size we wanted uh we wanted to have a true concept of make sure you have well we were relocating so we already had a clientele but at the same time there was a lot of you know confusion about when the state you know how is it going to be in this kind of environment right and so we went with the smaller shop now it's killing us because we can't, you know, we can't find, or it's very hard to look. It took us months, if not years, to find where we were at. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and now we're just kind of suffering a little bit. So we're just kind of going up, and so we're just starting to build stuff up. So, you know, store the powders upstairs. You know, just in the interim until something 
pop for us, but the guys, it's frustrating because you have to go outside to change your mind, or you have to move 15, you know, like Ross has got these like really long linear posts or something that came in early, and then he's trying to finish up this job right now that he's just got too much of, and literally has to go and pull shit out of the, out of the shop, put it out in the driveway, and then put it back in at night. And, you know, you spend so much time doing that. It's a waste. The guy that I bought the business from started off, you know, powder coating cups, you know, thermal, you know, in his oven. Okay? He started in his house. Then he moved into his car. And then he realized that this was a business. He went in with his family and kind of had a vegetable the family. And they bought a facility that I purchased. So his ending, his his game ever is my starting point. Right. So when I came yeah. in, I'm like, I already immediately knew we were going to build another 40,000 square feet of facility behind it with other things in it. But we already knew this thing was going to go back. Hawaii's different. I, I can speak in rural, you know, in Tennessee, I'm just south of Nashville. But it was always a plan to know we were going to grow. And at every step, what's how do we grow? To the next step, and to your point, when you're pulling stuff out and you're handling the material multiple times, you've got to do something because you're losing money every time you touch that. Every time you touch whatever, you lose money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, to that, I mean, my husband had an accident earlier this year where he broke his hand. It was not his fault, but um, you know, it slowed him down. Right. And so now I'm kind of, you know, he's kind of getting to the point where it's like, I can do this, I can do this. And then, you know, he realizes that he's holding up the cash flow. He's, and I'm trying to tell him that. Are you listening? You know, like, <laughs> you're the problem. <laughs> you're the problem. No, every, every, it's every not going to be a bash session about no, no, Ross. Every but, owner is the problem. It's, it's yeah. not him. Every single owner, it happens to all of us, we become the bottleneck, and, and it's hard to recognize when you are the problem. As you just did a, a Facebook live on this, seven signs that you are the problem. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's okay because that's just natural business that you become the bottleneck, which is good. You right. built something up, yeah. but you got to recognize when it's you. And here's, I always say, this is my best tool. <laughs> this is your number one tool not the gun not anything else it's this learn to use this and be good at this and you can grow a business together. that's awesome i i love your inspiration i love your your thought into it and i love uh, the fact that you're kind of thinking 10 steps ahead and that's kind of what i want to do uh you know with a lot of the digital products that we have out there right now um, and you know I think that the powder coating world needs to change and I'm happy that you're in it and I'm happy I'm that brand you're new. I, this is my first I know thing. but I'm still like new. you're wanting to change things you're sure. wanting to help others and you're, you're you know help yourself and teach your your group of people you know a yeah. better way I'll tell you one. Yeah, is we shop. Keep going. No. I'll tell you one other neat thing that was put into my business, into this powder coating industry or business that I bought before I got there, was a work release program. And I, I never knew about work release programs. I never used it. But in my system, in my system, there is these people that need work. They need a trade. They're trying to do better in their life. They uh, actually the sheriff brings a couple of the guys to my shop every day. They drug test them every week. They're relatively inexpensive. 
they can't be on cell phones. They can't do anything other than work. And, and they say, yes, sir. No, sir. Absolutely, sir. And they do the work. And if they don't do the work, we say, hey, this guy's not working out. And they bring a new person. I'll tell you, it's great for my heart and my feeling when these guys learn something. They all read my book. They all learn how to do, how to be better men, how to, how to work in leadership, how to work as a team. All these guys just never have good families, good leadership, uh, a role model, and all of a sudden we become that. And I'll tell you, two of the guys have come off that. Now they're fine. Makes it. They come off, and when they're on their own, they don't make good decisions. But two of the guys have, and they're still with us, and they're doing the right things. And I'll tell you, if you're a heartfelt business owner, giving people a chance to learn a trade and being in a good environment is really good for your heart. And it's good because also these guys are succeeding. The new guys coming in and watching them like, this is really a chance. One last thing. One of the guys who paroled and got out, he said, he said, you know, if I hadn't been with you in this work release program, I probably wouldn't have got a job. Oh, yeah. I said, you're right. I wouldn't hire you. If you came to my door and said, I just got out of jail, I'm not going to hire you. Yeah, but because you that. came in in a program, you proved yourself, you showed up every day, you worked hard every day, absolutely I'm going to hire you. I'm not going to hold your past against you, but it was a, it's a good, I don't know if it's ever, you have to have certain things in your environment to be able to do this, but it was already set up before I got into the business, and I love that it was, uh, it makes me feel good about training people and bringing them up and raising them. That's awesome. I love it. Well, here's to cheersing the powder coater podcast we were both thirsty and there's nothing there's to nothing to drink <laughs> like we're thirsty oh god we hopped up we were so excited when we said podcast we yeah. were like podcast where's the podcast some water <laughs> and then we got it's on desert. and we we're like wait a minute we gotta get some water yeah well thank you for having me on i really appreciate it yeah it's been great to meet you and i'm sure we'll be talking in the future please yeah all right thanks for joining us today we'll be back shortly Aloha. Oh, yeah, wait, oh, wait. Oh. That was cool. <laughs> nice. Good job. Fun. Yeah. Super fun. That was fun. Still getting the hang of it. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't get into your story, though. I was hoping to... Oh, people hear my story all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, I'll, I'll tune you into your podcast and listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started it, um, what, two years ago during the pandemic, and we had nothing to do, you know. And anyways, yeah. And then I got Valerie on, and, and she started sponsoring the show and stuff. And, and oh, so these another, guys sponsor your show? Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Name's well, Kim I got Scott. a discount off of the thing, because I wanted one. Nice. So she paid for yeah, well, thank you for deal. having me on this. Oh, here. Here's a card. I think it's still going. Is it? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Bye. Just a little chit chat. See. Yeah.